Welcome to It Hurts to Be Pretty podcast. I'm Angel Renee. And I'm Lexi Wilk, the co-host of the podcast. And we're here to talk about skin, business, life. And today, specifically, we're getting into it. Lots of science. Grab your notebooks. But you're going to want to hear this. Yes. And this guest is Benjamin Knight Fuchs. And I'm sure most of you have heard us Preach the good word about Truth Treatment Systems, Truth. one of our favorite skincare lines, but he's the founder and owner of Truth Treatments. He's a registered pharmacist, nutritionist, and skincare chemist. He has over 35 years of experience developing these products and really getting into the chemistry behind it. Exactly. So we want to get right into it. We have so many questions for him. Let's see if we can finish it in one podcast. Let's see. We might need a part two. Yep. All right. Enjoy. So we're sitting here with Ben, and we're going to start off the episode a little different. He's been meditating, right? Mm. Oh my God, I love it. You want to start off with a little meditation? Yeah, like one minute. Is that enough time? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 10 seconds, 15 seconds. All right, let's do it. What do we do? So here's the thing. Meditation is a very confusing subject. People don't really know when you say meditation, there's these connotations that are yoga, and there's uh, religion, and there's om, and there's hippy-dippy, and there's all kinds of – there's drugs, and there's all kinds of weird associations with meditation. And there are different meditations. The most powerful meditation is the meditation of presence. There's only two things that are happening in your mind at any time. One is thinking, the other is presence. Mm. If you are thinking, you're not present. And if you're present, you're not thinking. In fact, even the word present means pre-sent, pre-sentience. Sentience is, is thinking. Is, the word present is before thought. If you're thinking, you're, that's how you know you're not present. Because if you're present, you're not thinking. So all meditation is, is being present rather than thinking. Okay. And all that means is sensing or being aware of, I should say, the myriad of sensations that are in your environment. Like right now, Angel, I can name you 10 sensations that you that you have no idea you're experiencing. They're subconscious, but as soon as I tell them, you'll know you're experiencing them. Your butt on the chair. Mm. Like before I said that, you didn't feel your butt on the chair. Mm. As soon as I said your butt on the chair, you felt it. Yeah. Your big toe, boom. As soon as I said it, you feel it. So there's all of these sensations in your awareness, in your subconscious that you're not aware of. Meditation is simply becoming present of those. And as soon as you start to do it uh, a few times, you say, say, okay, I'm thinking this thought. I've noticed my hands. I have back pain. You start to notice the sensations. Immediately, your brain goes into what's called an alpha state. And then ultimately, what's called a theta state, which is slow down states. And these are very important states for the immune system, very important states for the skin, very important states for heart health, very important states for pretty much everything in your body. And when you do them over time, gradually, you notice that more and more things aren't throwing you off, that you're centered, that the things that used to bother you before don't bother you anymore, you're sleeping better, and you just have a better life. Mm -hmm. And that's why to me, and I'm a pharmacist, meditation is the best medication. It's pretty much the most important thing a human being can do is meditate next to the basic functions, sleep and eating and that kind of thing. It's the most important thing to have a good life. In fact, when I, was, I started meditating when I was in my 20s, and I heard this quote, and it was the coolest quote, and you guys probably aren't going to be able to relate to it, but I want you to always remember it. Well, how do you know? Okay, listen. We're Buddha. This is what this guy said. <laughs> no, but check this out. This is what the guy said. His name was Suzuki Roshi, and he wrote a book called um, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, famous book. I meditate so I can enjoy old age. And I heard that in my 20s, and it just really hit home, and I'm so glad because now I'm, like, pretty getting old. It is so important that I have 40 years of meditation behind my, ba- mm. in, my uh, in my background, in my history. So you guys are young now. So remember that quote. I meditate so I can enjoy old age because when mm-hmm. you get old, things fall apart. You're not as able to do as much as you want. Not that I'm at that point yet, but it's just important to remember that if you have your mind set, if you are, have the mind strong enough and resilient enough that things don't throw you off, it is a powerful way to live your life. And it's a, it's a content way to live your life and a happy way to live your life. So I meditate so I can enjoy, enjoy old age. I don't expect you to remember now or have meaning for you now, but remember it. Keep it in your mind. And so you want to do a meditation? Let's yeah. do it. Okay. So just uh, close your eyes. And then, and by the way, one, a really powerful way to meditate is with your eyes open. I, too distracted but, for that. Yeah, that's the problem. Mm. But that is a really powerful way to, to meditate. So close your eyes and simply become aware of things that are either in your physical, uh, 
physical environment or in your mental environment. In other words, don't stop thinking, but watch your thoughts and just do it. And if you notice yourself thinking, which is very common, you'll notice yourself thinking, just go back and start to notice. How long are we doing this for? 10 more seconds. 30 she's, seconds. She's a pro. She went right into it. Wow. Beautiful. Right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that beautiful? You're just calm right down. You were calm anyway. We just calm right down. Yeah. That's beautiful. I, I need some work, but that's, that's okay. Be- no, it's not true because you were just thinking. All you got to do is go back and watch your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts are in front of the thinker, and usually they're together. All you got to do is go back like this and just watch your thoughts, and eventually- But I like, feel like it is a practice. It is. They call meditation practice, but you know what it's practice for? Life. Life is meditation. When you're on the couch or you're home, you're doing your practice, yeah. you're practicing for the event. The event is life. You want to live meditatively. And that's really the goal is to live meditatively. Practice so that when the shit hits the fan, can I say that? <laughs> you can cuss. You can yeah. cuss. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's why, it, that's why it's so beautiful. It keeps you poised. It keeps yeah. you centered. And start young, right? That's what. And start young. If you can start young. I'm so glad I started young. Well, why don't you tell us about your life and my life? Yes. No, we're talking so, skin. What do you want to know? Well, we want to know. So you kind of found your calling while you were working at Bliss Techs, correct? Yeah, kind of. But I found my calling before because I was raised in the seventies, and in the seventies, there was a really time when doing good was like a thing, like ma- wanting to make a difference in the world. So I was always had this idea that I wanted to make a difference in the world. I fell into the skin thing through Bliss Techs. But then when I started working in the skin world, not through Blissex, but in the pharmacy, I saw that people were hating their skin. Mm-hmm. People were suffering and nothing was working. And I kept getting these complaints in the pharmacy setting. Nothing's helping my acne. Help me with my eczema, my psoriasis. My skin is drier after I use my moisturizer than before. And this was the old days. There weren't estheticians everywhere. So I just got it in my head that there was this need and I knew how to do it. And I actually started doing it in a pharmacy setting. I actually started for one person. And I saw what I did for him. And it was like a miracle. I don't know if I ever told you the story. It was like a miracle that happened. And I was like, I got something going on here. I knew what to do. And so I just got into skin. And then as I learned stuff, I thought it was important to teach stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I started talking about it and teaching it. And bonus, I realized kind of through my pharmacy background, but then almost by accident, that nutrition is really important for the skin. That not only nutrition for the, uh, taken internally is important for the skin, and not only that, but skin issues are often nutritional issues. And when you correct them at the nutritional level, you save people from having bad menstrual cycles or save people from having high blood pressure and they lose weight and there's all these other benefits that they got. So I really got into nutrition hardcore. Uh, and then I got into I, my the big aha experience I had was that if nutrition works internally, it's going to work externally. And I was the first guy to start using external nutrients. In fact, to this day, that's what I use. Mm -hmm. All my products are external nutrients. And that's kind of cool because in the world of pharmacy, with lots of medicine, right? Do you know to this day there's no medicine that works as well as vitamin C? Not only that, but there's no medicine that actually heals the body. Vitamin C heals Mm -hmm. and vitamin E and polyelectrolytes and minerals and essential fatty acids. Not only are they more powerful than drugs, more effective than drugs, but they actually heal. Mm. Medicine doesn't heal. If you go to the doctor for a rash, what are you going to get? Cortisone, hydrocortisone, right? Mm -hmm. That's not healing anything. It's shutting down your immune system. Now they even have fancier ways to shut down your immune system. But if you go to an esthetician, hopefully, like Angel or Lexi or me or somebody who doesn't have drugs necessarily or doesn't, you know, I have have drugs but I don't use them, you're going to get vitamin C. You're going to get essential fatty acids. You're going to get polyelectrolytes. And especially you're going to get those if you use truth. You're going to get topical nutrients. And if you come to us and, and estheticians like you, you'll get internal either internal nutrients or you'll get recommendations and suggestions about internal nutrients. Mm. So I realized that a young at, at an early stage in the game that people weren't getting their needs met. The products and the uh, messaging and the protocols weren't serving people and I knew how to do it. And so mm. I combine that with my kind of like my sort of uh, hippy-dippy want to help kind of thing that I've we like learned the hippy the, dippy. like I and learned in the 70s. I think originally we were supposed to talk about products, but I think we should talk about nutrition first. Yeah, let's um, get into the nutrition, gut. right? Yeah, I'm very fascinated by it. Um, I always have been, which I 
talk about this maybe 15 years ago. Uh, I saw Ben at a talk he was doing with a group of people and he was talking nutrition and I couldn't take enough notes fast enough. So yeah. I think it's important for us to break down how much gut health is important so for our skin important. health. And you mentioned vitamin C, and I've always been a big fan of vitamin C. It's like my go-to for yeah. anti-aging. Yeah. Or and I hate that anti-aging. term. Anti-aging. I know. I hate that term, too. Uh, but, but it's, it's still I love a legitimate it. term. You know, I hate yeah, that yeah. term. It's I don't like yeah. it. I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it. But I think it's important to make your skin healthy. Yes. And but, but in terms of vitamin C, you can say anti-aging. Yeah. You can say it. I'll tell you why. The, and, and then we can talk about some of these other things about nutrition. And it's interesting how people love nutrition. People love to hear about nutrition because deep down inside, we know that it's real. Mm-hmm. That there's we're nutritional beings. We eat for nutrition. We're not getting enough nutrients. We There's kind of a sense that there's something authentic about the nutrition message. So I love that you said that. Here's the thing about vitamin C that's so cool. Okay. And this is so cool. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what's the disease caused by vitamin C deficiency? Oh, scurvy? Correct. What is scurvy? See, we all know this. A lot of people know it's scurvy, but not everybody knows what is scurvy because we don't really have scurvy anymore. I know the pirates ate the the oranges or something. Kind of, sort of. That's right. You're on the right track. Like Johnny Depp pirate or Pirates of the Caribbean? (laughs) Hot pirates. Hot pirates. The high pirates? Hot pirates didn't get scurvy. (laughs) No, hot pirates were not hot. They had no teeth and they were like eating Ugh. raw people and awful things. Oh, yeah, no. So, no you wouldn't like bars. <laughs> so anyway, um, so you, you knew it was scurvy and a lot of people know it's scurvy, but you didn't know what it was. Why? Because we don't really have scurvy anymore. But it used to be a very serious disease and it used to kill a lot of people and it was really horrible because scurvy is when your body just falls apart. Your teeth fall out of your gums. Your bones get so fragile that they break. You have constant bruising and, and wounds and ulcerations in your skin that don't heal. Your your lips uh, become almost necrotic and, and uh, uh, like they die, the tissue dies. Because vitamin C, or I'm sorry, because scurvy is a disease where you cannot make connective tissue. Hmm. Your, and your body is mostly connective tissue. Yeah. So scurvy is a, vitamin, a disease that keeps you from making connective tissue. And it used to kill a lot of people. In fact, the way it killed people was their blood vessels would explode and their blood, they would hemorrhage to death because there's all this connective tissue in the blood vessels that holds the blood vessels it's together. terrible way to go. It's a terrible, it's a horrible disease. And we don't have it anymore because – as you said, about uh, 300, 400 years ago, there was an admiral in a British ship and he discovered that, hey, if I give my – they were eating canned – they were eating foods, not canned foods. But they were eating pro- foods that were uh, like like dried meats and things like that that they could keep, that they could preserve, salted meats and such. They weren't getting vegetables and fruits. He noticed accidentally that when they ate fruits, they didn't get scurvy. Mm. So he figured there's something in the in – the, in the, it was limes actually. And to this day, we mm. call the British sailors limeys for that reason. And uh, he gave the British sailor his uh, sailors lime and they didn't get scurvy. That's the story. And then in the early 1900s, they discovered what the molecule was in the limes and that they called it ascorbic acid. Oh. A means without, scorb for scurvy. A scorb means without scurvy and it was an acid. And that's why mm, we get the name wow. ascorbic acid. Oh, the more you right? know. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So, but check this out. So we don't have scurvy anymore, right? You know what we have though? We have something else that is not as bad as scurvy, but it's on the way to scurvy. Instead of your, your bones falling apart, they just get soft. Instead of you getting ulcerations and wounds in your skin, you just get fine lines and wrinkles. You just get thinning skin. Instead of your teeth falling out of your mouth, you just get gum disease. Instead of your blood vessels exploding and hemorrhaging, you get calcium plaques or you get mm-hmm. cholesterol plaques. So we don't have scurvy. We have subclinical scurvy. Subclinical means it's not bad enough to get you to go out to the – to, uh, to the doctor or have to kill you, but it's bad enough that you just your body doesn't do well. This, the the uh, colloquial name for subclinical scurvy is aging. Aging is scurvy. Wow. Aging is subclinical scurvy. scurvy. We're scurvy yes, ridden. Subclinical, but <laughs> I'm here's definitely the th- scurvy. No, you're not. Let me tell you why you're not. Let me tell you why you're not. Because what's the cure for scurvy? Vitamin C. Hello. Vitamin C is the quintessential anti-aging vitamin, which is why I said to you, you can use the term anti-aging. So this is no joke. Vitamin C is critical if you want to slow down the aging process for osteoporosis, for heart disease, for vascular disease, for skin problems, for wrinkles, for gum disease, for anything for arthritis, for joint problems, for anything that has to do with connective tissue. 
Can you see how important this is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, we dose ourselves for nutrients based on something called the RDAs, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What does the RDA stand for? I hate when you ask me questions like that. You've asked us this question before, <laughs> too, and I'm like, yes, I know what me, that means. Yeah, well, just, you know, it stands for the recommended daily allowance, but I call it go. the ridiculous deficiency allowance. <laughs> okay. Because it keeps us deprived because people are Wait, out the there. Wait, the recommended is like 1,000 uh, no, milligrams, no, isn't it? No, it's 100 milligrams. Oh, 100? No, it's 500. No, it's not 500. It's 100. For, for vitamin C? Yes, ma'am. It's pathetic. It's ridiculous. It's not enough for a gerbil. And by the way, gerbils make their own vitamin C. Do you know animals That's make- That's another fun fact for Animals you. <laughs> make their own vitamin C. We don't make it. We missed out on it. And there's some interesting reasons for that. But when an animal is, uh, is uh, under stress, it makes more vitamin C because vitamin C is an adrenal gland vitamin. It's a stress vitamin. So you have to take it internally if you're interested in slowing down. Is that the process. orange drink? Remember you were carrying nah, on the orange that drink? That has it in it. That has it in it, but that's not that. No emergency, what though. Is Emergency's what all right. What is Ben oh, your take okay. for a vitamin C? Vitamin C. No, but what kind? A supplement? Powder vitamin C. Ascorbic acid. I okay. put it in water. I drink it twice a day. And if I feel like I'm a little bit under the weather, I drink more. So I have a question. Yes. And- I recently have been doing blood tests just to see what I'm deficient in, what my health diagnosis was going to be because I've been struggling with a lot of health issues. Can you say to someone, this is the daily amount of vitamin C you should be taking as a generalized statement, or should you be... Here's the good news. Here's the, this, here's the good news about that. Vitamin C is completely non-toxic. Okay. There's zero. You could inject it into your bloodstream. You could inject huge grams of it into your bloodstream directly, and they do do it. In fact, God forbid if anybody were to get cancer, anybody out there is getting cancer, uh, is, has cancer or is worried about it, IV vitamin C intravenous, you could put it right into your bloodstream. Mm. It's that non-toxic. In the world of pharmacy, we're fascinated with drugs that have, or with uh, drugs and drug companies are always looking for medicines that have what's called a large large therapeutic window. Mm -hmm. The therapeutic window is the difference between how how beneficial something is, how therapeutic it is, and how toxic it is. Mm. Call it the therapeutic window. Most drugs have a very narrow therapeutic window, which is why you can't take 10 milligrams more than your dose because you get really sick on some drugs, right? Because the the therapeutic window, the difference between how therapeutic something is and how toxic it is is very small. Nutrients have a huge therapeutic window. And vitamin C has an even bigger therapeutic window. It's the most gentlest of all the vitamins. In fact, I make a joke when I do do my talks. I say, nutrition is what drugs dream they could be. When a drug goes to bed at night, when prednisone goes to bed at night, it dreams it was vitamin C. Because that's a <laughs> fantasy. That's a fantasy for a drug is that mm. it can have incredible potency. Think of all the things vitamin C does for your bones and for your adrenal glands and for your blood vessels and for your skin and for your gums and for your joints, on and on and on, right? And zero toxicity. What if a drug company said, you know, we got a new drug now. It ha- it's great for your teeth. It's great for your gums. It's great for your bones. It's great for your skin. And it's no great side for your effects. Meat, and no side effects. Would you buy stock in that company? Yes. Hello, right? <laughs> yeah, of That's course. why I love nutrition so much. And, and big by- pharma is running the world, which is a problem. Well, that is a problem. <laughs> but you know what? We can wake up. We can all wake up. And that's what we have to do. And yes, you're right. Big Pharma it has a lot of uh, means at their disposal. They have a lot of money. They can promote things. They can do advertising. If you watch the news, do you know that 50 or 60% of the commercials on the news are Big Pharma? Mm. Do you not think that the news is going to present information, <laughs> right? Big Pharma information. So we have to know where to get information. We have to become critical thinkers. We have to participate. And I just did a talk yesterday and for schools, for school owners. And I said, we have an opportunity as educators and as therapists, we all have an opportunity to leverage a wide array of tools, and we're only focusing here. And we have all of these options available to us as consumers, as therapists, as educators. We have all of these various means at our disposal to treat our patients' eczema, to treat our patients' acne, to treat our patients' skin problems, to treat our patients' health problems, and we're not leveraging them. And so it's my mission in life to change that as much as I can. And it's your guys' mission to share that. I can tell yeah. that. I know that's your mission. Mm-hmm. So there's more of us, like you say, it's big pharma, but there's more of us out there, especially you youngins. Your generation is really waking up, you know, without being woke. You're, you're waking up. Yes. And, <laughs> and, uh, and you're going to, you're going to, uh, you're going to, sp- I call it the gospel. The gospel means the good news. I call it the gospel of nutrition. You're going to share the gospel yeah. of nutrition. 
even during my consults before even getting into products, it always starts with their diet, their supplementation, their medication. So right. it's key. But back to the vitamin C. Yes, topically. That's where vitamin C is so cool because not only is it available, bioavailable internally, but it turns out that if you if it's formulated correctly, it can be bioavailable topically, which mm-hmm. means you can put it on top of your skin and you can change the chemistry of the cells at the basal layer and in the uh, in the dermis. You can change the are there, Sorry to interrupt, but are there some vitamin Cs mm-hmm. that do not penetrate the skin? Heck yeah. Well, you know that. Mm-hmm. You know, the skin... It, contrary to popular belief and contrary to appearances, the skin is stratified. It's layered mm-hmm. like baklava or like lasagna, right? It has different layers. All the good stuff is down below. The dead stuff is on the top. Yeah. So what do most of us do? We're treating the dead skin. Yeah. You know, right? We spent $150 on our fam- on an ounce of moisturizer and we got soft dead skin. That's basically what happens. <laughs> you know? Right? It's funny. Yeah. It's yeah. funny. So That's what people do is they have soft dead skin. So the real art in formulation and in therapy and in, in consumers getting the best leverage or getting the most bang for their buck in their topical products is to figure out how to get down to that basal layer and the mm-hmm. dermis. And because the, the skin is stratified, that is not easy to do. And because there's a coating on the surface, a waxy coating on the surface, really a fingernail. It's the same stuff that makes your fingernails. So you have a thin layer of fingernail on the surface. It's not that easy to get down to the basal layer, and it's not that easy to get down to the dermis. And that's a good thing, really. You don't want it, everything getting down to the basal right. layer and everything getting down to the dermis. So what we do in pharmacy is we study how am I going to get medicine into the body? We, we study this thing called transdermal penetration, which is how do you get medicine into the blood through the skin? And mm-hmm. that's why they have patches, and that's why they have creams. And you know, there's various uh, medications that use the skin as a route of administration into the body. And I had skills in that. And so what I did is I co-opted those strategies for skincare. And so when you talk about vitamin C, yes, it doesn't penetrate. But if you use transdermal penetration strategies, we call them percutaneous absorption strategies, you can get vitamin C to penetrate. And once it penetrates, there are receptors on the keratinocyte, the skin cell, mm-hmm. as well as the fibroblasts that, that allow that vitamin C to do its business, to turn on the cell, to turn on connective tissue at the level of the uh, fibroblast and the level of the dermis, or to turn on moisture factors Mm. at the level of the keratinocyte. So it's moisturizing, it's collagen supporting, it's wound healing, and it's an antioxidant that protects you from the environment. It protects you from the sun. It's got tremendous upside, but you got to figure out a way to get it down to the lower levels. And that's where pharmacy strategies come in. And that's where the concept of lipophilicity Mm -hmm. or lipophilic comes in. And I know you guys have heard me talk about that a million times. And that's one of the hallmarks or one of the... uh, iconic features of a percutaneous or a transdermal ingredient is that it will be fatty. Why? Because the skin's raison de trust, reason for existing, is to keep water in and to keep water out. So when it rains, you don't dissolve into a puddle, right? <laughs> I mean, the water bounces off of you, right? Yeah. On the other hand, if you were to get burns, God forbid, and you would go to a burn ward, the water would evaporate. Mm-hmm. Or the, you, you lose water, you die by desiccation. That's how you die. And in burn wards, they have to have a lot of Vaseline on their on their hands. Terrible places, these mm-hmm. burn wards. Um, so vitamin C has a little bit of a problem because vitamin C is watery. Ascorbic acid, you put it in water, it's stirred, it goes right into water. It's watery. So it doesn't penetrate through that surface, which is designed to be a barrier to water. So it sits on the, like you said, it sits on the surface of the skin. But chemistry, we say, like dissolves like. Right? So because this is fatty, if you put something fatty on there, it's going to go in. And so when you're looking for vitamin C, now that you know how great vitamin C is, I hope everybody knows how amazing vitamin C is internally (laughs) and topically. Now you got to get the lipophilic stuff, the fatty stuff. The problem with the lipophilic stuff is a couple things. The ascorbic acid is a commodity. It's cheap really cheap, like a dollar a pound. You can buy it. I buy it for that price. But in the health food stores, it's maybe $4 a pound or $5 a pound, something like that. Fat-soluble vitamin C is like $800 or $400, sorry, $400 a pound. So nobody wants, companies don't really want to work with that kind of product. Mm. It's that expensive, right? Secondly, you can't really get a lot of fat-soluble vitamin C into a product 
unless you know what you're doing or unless you have very high tech forms of it. So because of those two reasons, most companies would rather just use ascorbic acid. They'll do a song and dance about vitamin C and they won't mention this whole thing that we just talked about, this whole idea of getting down to the base of the layer. They'll say it's vitamin C and they'll do little, uh, they'll tell you stories about vitamin C or they'll say we have research on this and we have data on this. And you know what? Biochemistry is biochemistry, and you can have as much data as you want. The fact is, water-soluble ingredients don't go through the skin, period. And even worse than that, water solubility is uh, a, 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 a t- creates a tendency for instability because water is everywhere. So things that are water-soluble break down quickly. Mm-hmm. Fats tend to be sticky. They don't break down as fast. In fact, if you have peanut butter and jelly on a knife, the jelly is what? Water-soluble. The peanut butter is fat-soluble. If you stick it under a sink, what's going to come off? Rinse off. The jelly. Because water is more reactive. Water-soluble stuff is more reactive. And ascorbic acid is incredibly reactive. And it turns brown in water. And you can eat, you can, there are products out there, literally, will turn brown right in the bottle. So vitamin C in the ascorbic acid form has a second problem, and that is it's very unstable. So if somebody says, you know what, I don't care, I want to use ascorbic acid, uh, I don't care that it doesn't penetrate, and there may be some reasons they want to keep the ascorbic acid on the surface. And by the way, ascorbic acid also exfoliates. So it's a good exfoliator, ascorbic mm. acid. It's now it's not an alpha hydroxy acid, but it's it's a hydro it's an it's acid. Up there with it. It's yeah, it's along the same lines. So it will exfoliate. And in fact, it is a nice exfoliator, ascorbic acid. So somebody says they want to use ascorbic acid, fine. Use it fresh. Make your own ascorbic acid. But personally, fat-soluble vitamin C is so nice. You get all of the vitamin C benefits, plus you get this nice feel to the skin. You get a, it has a really rich quality to it. It's expensive, yes, but it's incredibly effective and it's soothing and calming to the skin. Ascorbic acid is an acid. It's drying. It's irritating. Yeah, it feels different. It feels completely different. So if you're going to do vitamin C, I highly recommend fat-soluble vitamin C and high concentrations. What is it called? What would well, it say on the back yeah. of the package? There's the main kind of fatty vitamin C, which has been around a long time. It's called ascorbyl palmitate. Okay, that's the main kind. And that's usually used as an antioxidant to take advantage of vitamin C's antioxidant properties. And the problem with ascorbyl palmitate is it, it's a very, it's a very uh, heavy molecule and it's very sticky. It doesn't really dissolve into anything. It's very hard to work with. So for, traditionally, it hasn't really been an effective form, uh, effective way to get vitamin C in a skincare product for usage as a vitamin C. So its use has been relegated to just protecting the product as an antioxidant. About Maybe 40 years ago, 30, 40 years ago, a company figured out how to make a liquid fatty vitamin C. And that's the famous one. That's called – it has two names. It used to be called ascorbyl tetraisopalmitate. And in biochemistry, every syllable counts. So biochemists will hear that and they'll know what the molecule looks like. The new way – the new designation is tetrahexyldecalascorbate. And again, every molecule counts, but most people just say THDA. Mm-hmm. as the abbreviation. And that is an awesome molecule. I love that molecule. I've been using it probably since 19, early, late 1980s, I've been using it. Um, and it's vitamin C with four pieces of fat stuck on it. Those four <laughs> pieces of fat make it really fatty and really liquidy. And it's awesome. But the problem is, it's ridiculously expensive. I mean, mm-hmm. over the top. Like, you know, so how much do you put in each jar? Oh, you now you're getting. Now you're getting. Okay, so here's the thing. I'm a pharmacist, right? I don't play games. When you come to the pharmacy, you are expecting your medicine to work. You, your birth control pill better work. Your high blood pressure medicine better work. Your antibiotic better work. In fact, there's an expectation that it'll work, and that's the world I come from. I come from. I don't come from the skincare world. I come from the pharmacy world. Mm-hmm. I come from the world of work. I come from the world where we respect the molecule. We take the molecule very seriously. And in pharmacy, we have a saying, the dose makes the medicine. So I know good and well that if you play around with the dose, you will get more medicinal effects. Medicinal effects meaning everything that we want our product to do. And we don't want to necessarily call it medicinal effects, but it's basically we want our, we want our products to work. So um, when I'm making a dose, I'm making high doses. Most companies, because the product is – because uh, THDA is so darn expensive, we'll do 1%, 5%, maybe 10% if you're lucky. When I formulate, I'm formulating 70%, 60%, 25%, 80%. Because I don't want to – when I was in the pharmacy, and this is how I got the idea for making my products and my formulas, when I needed a product for myself, I didn't 
take like water and wax and emulsifier and preservative and fragrance and all the stuff that you put to, to make emulsifying agents and silicon and vegetable oil. I went right to the shelf and I took the vitamin C out and I put it on my skin or I maybe mixed a little transdermal penetrant in and I put it on my skin. And so that's the kind of products that you want to look for. And that, and really that's what truth is all about. And that, I don't mean this to be self-serving, but I did truth because nobody else was doing it. I felt as a pharmacist that I wanted to provide medicine for people's skin, transdermal penetrants, and that's it. And all my formulations are that. They're medicine for the skin, nutritional medicine for the skin, and transdermal penetration. I have a question. Yes, so ma'am. why skincare and not nutrition? Like, why did you get into skincare? Because I knew how to do it, number one. I was good at it. Number two, there is a certain chemistry art form. I'm an artist. I'm, I consider myself an artist. It means it seems weird, but I'm a chemistry artist. And there's a certain chemistry art that I enjoy, like any artist would enjoy, and so I do that, but I do nutrition just as much. And in fact, most people know me more as a nutritionist yeah. than know me as a skincare person. You know me as a skincare person mm-hmm. here locally, but most people, when they, if you Google pharmacist Ben, you'll get, you know, nutrition talks basically all about nutrition. But the skin is like, you know, I'm an advocate for the skin. I love the skin. Mm-hmm. I love it as an organ. I'm just, the more you study something and the more you know something, the more you just become simpatico with it. You're you know? fascinated by it and yes, you want to. Yes, There's so much going on. You know, you ever hear the saying, still waters run deep? You look at your skin, right? We're all in the skin business. But do you ever think, what does the average person think when they think the skin? They hear it all the time. The skin is the body's what? Biggest Largest organ, organ right? Mm-hmm. Can you really get your mind around this as an organ? Yeah, it's right? kind of weird. We've studied it. So we know there's layers and there's cells and there's different things sticking out of it. You've seen the famous diagrams. But the average person doesn't really have that kind of understanding. But when you start to study the skin, and you, I know you guys are right there with me because you don't study it the way I study it, but you study it the way you study it. Yeah. You, you love it. You just love this thing. And so I, you're fascinated by so it. So fascinated by it. It's endlessly fascinating. And I, fascinating, uh, I'm endlessly fascinated by it. And I was doing research for Blistax. In the 1980s, my job was to go to the library and study the skin and study the lips. So what are we now? You know, 19, uh, 2022, I've been studying the skin for like 40 years almost. Yeah. So I know it really well. And I know the chemistry of the skin really well. And that makes me really good at it. I'm like, a, I'm like a, you know, like an athlete, like a high-powered athlete, like a side, like the Babe Ruth kind of athlete of the skin. <laughs> yeah. Really, in my own little world, there's nobody who knows about the skin as much as I do in my particular little, little area. And that makes, you know, that's a very rewarding thing. So that's why yeah. the skin. Well, you've changed my skin in Angels and many of our clients. Well, so I appreciate that. Thank this you. This is an ode to Ben. Thank mm-hmm. you. I appreciate that. Your products that. are insane. But I want to know, when someone's switching from their standard vitamin C, um, ascorbic acid, to tetrahexyldecyl ascorbate. Very nice. Good job. What are the immediate changes and long-term changes I'll start to see with their skin? Immediate changes, like uh, right away, if they have any kind of irritation or any kind of sensitivity, it'll soothe, it'll calm things down. Secondly, they'll notice that their skin is softer. And it has a more glowy, more, uh, rub- we call it in the business, rubifacious, meaning a glowy kind of appearance. And that usually takes a day, if that's soluble vitamin C and high doses, that usually takes uh, one or two days. And then over the course of time, and this is really important, I'm going to say here, okay, we don't realize that when we wear, uh, use skincare products or go see estheticians to take care of our skin, it's not the beauty of our skin we're looking for. It's the health of our skin. Yeah. We're Love hacking that. into that. With fake treat, with fake protocols, we're hacking into it to make it look beautiful without it being healthy, because we don't really know about health. And it's starting to change with you know with estheticians like you guys and with me. It's starting to change. People are starting to recognize it, but still, it's an organ for adornment. The skin, an organ for decoration. Do you know the word cosmetic means adornment? Mm. It means decoration. And this is really what we think of when we think of the skin again, because we don't see it as an organ. We don't see it as an organ of the body, right? Yeah. So what happens is, is we treat the skin cosmetically and superficially. But what we're really looking for is the health. That's the glow. When you have healthy skin, you don't need makeup. Makeup duplicates or it doesn't duplicate. It mimics 
healthy skin. We, we wear makeup because our skin isn't healthy. If it was healthy, you know, little kids don't wear makeup because their skin is glowing and healthy. Mm. So this is why vitamins are so important. And this is why vitamin C is so important for the skin. So you ask, what do people notice? Health. And they won't be able to say it. They won't say, oh, my skin just looks healthy. But people say, damn, your skin looks good. Glowy. Mm-hmm. Right? And they'll, yeah. say, and they'll say, I don't even need my makeup anymore. Okay, right? real quick question. Other yes. than vitamin C, what's yeah. another go-to? Vitamin A. Yeah. It's probably the most important. <laughs> I preach that. Yeah. It's probably the most. Vitamin C is important. I'm not going to, I can't, I can't lie. Vitamin A, uh, vitamin C is important. But vitamin A is like a switch. Vitamin C helps things happen. Vitamin A is not a helper. Vitamin A is an activator. There is this machinery inside a cell that turns on genetics, and it is literally machinery. Do you know who Rube Goldberg, have you ever heard of a Rube Goldberg machine where this thing drops and then it turns a lever and then the ball rolls down here and then this, that's what's called a Rube Goldberg machine. Can you picture that? Yeah. That's the cell. Except it's so it a, turns it on. It just has these steps, all of these little things and all these weird little things. And uh, vitamin A is a key that turns on a critical part of the Rube Goldberg machine that makes makes up proteins out of genetics. Nothing else does that. No other nutrients do that with one exception. Vitamin D. And vitamin A and vitamin D go together. In fact, you'll see creams called vitamin A and D creams. They work together because both vitamin A and D are not vitamins. They're hormones. And that makes them way more powerful than a vitamin. So as much as I'm you know, I have to say I am a big fan of vitamin C and I I feel like paternal in a way to vitamin C because <laughs> I've been studying it's always like my baby, you know, vitamin C. Your baby so, vitamin C. Yeah, kind of like that. I, I, you know, sometimes you have a favorite kid, but you got to admit, yeah. you know, sometimes. Yeah, you know, got a favorite vitamin. kid, but, but then you, you got the shirt. other two, yeah. kind of need those ones you know, too. So, well, I got my favorite, but there's got to give props to vitamin A because it is so important for so many different things. And in the interest of time, I'll just tell you this, it's a building vitamin. It builds things. Vitamin A for anabolism. Anabolism means to build. So I call it vitamin anabolism. Vitamin A makes things happen. And it makes things happen in a very interesting way. If cells are growing or not doing their business fast enough, it speeds them up. If cells are doing their business too fast, which sometimes happens when a cell's not healthy, it slows them down. We say it's a normalizing vitamin. Mm. And one of the things that happens when you have a cell, you know, this is really interesting. The default state of a cell is to grow. It doesn't need help growing. It needs help putting the brakes on. That's the problem. That's what takes energy is putting the brakes on. If you don't have the nutrients and the energy and, you, and the, uh, the environment, the appropriate environment for the cell to do its business, the brakes come off and it starts dividing really rapidly. That's called in the skin. That's called acne mm-hmm. or it's called psoriasis or uh, it's called actinic keratosis mm-hmm. or it's called keratosis pylorus. In the body, it's called cancer. It's called tumors. It's called cysts. It's called fibroids. So vitamin A controls things. It doesn't, if things are going too slow, aging, eczema, um, uh, uh, deterioration of tissue, things are going too slow, it speeds them up. If things are going too fast, it slows them down. So we say it's a normalizing vitamin. In the skin, that makes it important, number one, because it's slowing things down for psoriasis. It makes it important for acne. In fact, it is the go-to treatment for acne. It makes it important for actinic keratosis, pre-skin cancer. It makes it important for any kind of keratosis pylorus, which is or a keratotic condition, like a chicken skin, they call it keratosis pylorus, mm-hmm. um, be, because keratin, where keratin is Normally, being made, like right here. Yeah, or, on the arms. And that's a treatment for it. It's vitamin A. is a treatment for that. It's uh, caused by keratin being spewed out rapidly and, and keratinocytes dividing very rapidly. So vitamin A is critical for skin health for hyper hyperstates, but it's also critical for hypostates, for slow states like aging skin. It turns on the production of collagen. It turns on the production of connective tissue. Mm-hmm. It turns on the production of hyaluronic acid. So hello, could it be a more perfect nutrient for the skin? But, and this is a big but, and, and we're talking topically here. Internally is also important. And like with vitamin C, we're underdosed on it. It's a little trickier to work with than vitamin C. Vitamin C, you don't have to you can take as much as you want. Vitamin A is a little trickier because it's fat-soluble, so it's mm-hmm. sticky. But topically, vitamin A is very stimulating. Remember, I, it's part of this connective tissue manufacturing machinery. If the skin is not healthy, 
if the skin is not healthy and you use forms of vitamin A that are very stimulating, it's like putting your foot on the gas when you don't have any oil in the engine. You're going to burn things out. That's why people get irritated. That's why they get irritated. That's why they get irritation. And that's why retinoic acid is a prescription. And retinol, people hear that I have a 5% retinol. They're like, what? You don't have a 5%. That's a typo. No, it's not a typo. It's really 5% because Mm. the dose makes the medicine and I ain't playing. I want one. (laughs) Right? I'm serious. I want people to have the real deal. You know, and there's a really interesting reason why I chose 5%, but, you know, I can tell you about that later. But the point is, is that you need to have really good doses, but you got the problem. You got the fact that it, it is so hyper, it's so stimulating, it's so things move and people have fragile skin. So the way you get around it is, number one, with clever formulations. That's what I do. So I have some clever formulations that allow me to, to use very high concentrations. And people say, oh, I've never been able to use retinol before and I can use this. I'm sure you've heard people say that. And that's because it's a very cleverly formulated product, if I do say so myself, because I know what I'm doing. But another way you can do it is you can strengthen the skin. And this is so important because remember we talked this layered, right? The skin mm-hmm. layered. So the surface, it, the stratum corneum, is also called the barrier, right? Barrier defects are an epidemic. Mm-hmm. They're chronic. And when you have barrier defects, your skin becomes very fragile. Mm-hmm. Barrier defects are behind almost all skin health issues, whether it's eczema or, or hyperpigmentation or dry skin or even uh, uh, rashes and allergies and dermatitises. Barrier issues are a big, big problem because the barrier has to be constructed from nutrition. And because people aren't nutriating like they should, they're, well, there's good news, bad news. Bad news is because people aren't nutriating like they should, they got barrier defects. And so they suffer from skin problems. The good news is, is you start taking your essential fatty acids, you start taking your vitamin A, you start taking your zinc, your selenium, you do your nutrients, your phytonutrients, and you get a stronger barrier, your skin starts to improve and you can start and you can use retinols and you can use exfoliation and your skin won't be sensitive to everything. Everything put on my skin makes me break out. You should never have that problem. Your skin is designed to withstand everything. It's designed to be a resilient organ. And if you ha- are one of those people that has really sensitive skin, you can't use retinol, whatever it is, or you have skin problems, dermatitis, strengthen the barrier. And there's lots of ways to do that. Nutritionally is the is critical. And like I say, essential fatty acids and fatty nutrients and vitamin D and vitamin A. But topically, you can strengthen the barrier as well. Yeah. And, and that's where you guys come in. You can have exfoliation procedures done, have stimulating procedures done, but you never want to do a stimulating procedure unless the, the patient is nutritionally competent. So she's making the, it's really the fatty acids. You know, you have your skin cells, right? The corneocytes, which are dead, but they're hard. Yeah. And they're embedded in a matrix of fat, basically cholesterol, fatty acids, ceramides. It's that matrix that it gives the 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 uh, uh, the skin its water soluble nature, its antimicrobial nature, its healthy nature. It keeps it soft. It keeps all the moisture in. But because we're not making those fats correctly, we all have barrier issues. Mm-hmm. And if you have, and I'm not talking about barrier, you know, like barrier issues psychologically. I mean, we have barrier issues <laughs> on our skin. You know, our, our barrier issues are causing problems with our ability to navigate the environment, navigate skincare products or deal with skin skin health challenges. Do you know what's the most ironic thing to me? We sell in this country probably $20 billion mm-hmm. in moisturizing creams. How many people do you know have dry skin? So everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, every not so many. Everybody <laughs> has dry skin. <laughs> Clearly, there's a problem. And it, it, moisturizer isn't going to help, yeah. obviously. Yep. It's Just the sits fa- on top. It's a- it sits on top. It's, it's the fats. It's the yeah. fatty acids. Real so. quick, I have a question. Yes, um, when... Consumers are going out and they're, they, I always get DMs of, what do you think about drunk elephant? Kim K has a new, you know, we've talked about this before, yeah. but I kind of want to revisit it for those who are newer listeners. What's your take on that? Go by the ingredients. Yep. A skincare, skincare <laughs> is. So I don't waste my time even talking we about We need a Ben anymore. pocket guide of yeah. ingredients no, to carry listen, with us. It's not, I do, one of my most important classes is how to read an ingredient deck because okay. we all should know how to do that. So here's the thing. This is really interesting too. Skincare, the modern skincare business uh, started in the late 1800s. Helena Rubinstein. I don't know if you ever heard that story. She came from Russia and she didn't have any money, but her grandmother used to make skincare products in her little village in Russia, in her little village in Russia. So she started a company called, have you heard of Helena Rubinstein makeup and stuff like that? No, actually. No, okay. It's kind of old school. And so anyway, Helena Rubinstein in the late 1800s started the modern skincare business and she started it to empower women. 
She didn't start it because she knew anything about the skin, but she wanted to make women feel beautiful and women like that. They like that kind of stuff. And up until then, the only people who took care of their skin and their bodies were prostitutes or were actresses. They call them vamps, you know, people mm-hmm. who work burlesque or hookers. So she made it okay. She said, this will express yourself. And this was the time of women's uh, suffrage where women got the vote. You know, women can vote before that. Because women were like second-class citizens. Mm-hmm. And right around the late 1800s, they were like, you know, hey, wait a minute here. I should be able to drive. I should be able to vote. I should be yeah. able to. And she was part of that movement. Mm-hmm. And so skincare became about women, but it didn't become about the skin. It didn't become about the product. So all skincare really was, was wax, oil, water, and something called an emulsifying agent that mm-hmm. pulled the whole thing together, and preservative and fragrance. And any monkey can do that in their kitchen. You don't yeah. need to have understand the skin. You don't need to understand anything to do that. Yeah. But because the bar was so low... Because all you needed to do was this template, not, you know, anything about the skin, or you could, if nowadays you're fancy, you'll go to the rainforest and get an herb, or you'll do the latest peptide, and you'll toss it in there. <laughs> you go to the rainforest, <laughs> yeah, I know. You know. The rainforest. You know, whatever it is, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's so true, so, though. Right? Yeah. right? So that's what a, that's yeah, what a skincare. Algae on your sh- That's what they all are. And the stuff you get at Sephora is the same stuff you get at Kmart, and it's the same stuff you get at your doctor's office, yeah. the same stuff you get everywhere. It's all water, wax, silicon, oil, the latest peptide, the latest rainforest herb, and preserve and a fragrance on set. Anybody can do that. You can do that. But if you really understand this, if you really want to have skincare products that work, you got to understand the skin. And you got to understand what the skin is going to respond to. And you got to understand how to deliver those things to the skin. And nobody is doing that. And the reason I'd have to be the biggest moron on the planet to be in the skincare business with all the skincare companies that are out Mm -hmm. there. Here's Pharmacist Ben, you know, like here, buy my uh, Omega-6 healing cream. And I've got 8 trillion skincare companies I'm competing with, with Kim Kardashian and Cindy Crawford, Meaningful Beauty and her melon extract, whatever the heck that is. You know, know, I have to be, I'd be crazy, but I had to. I couldn't live with myself to have mm-hmm. this this tool that I knew would change people's skin lives and even change people's lives in some cases and not do something with it. So I had to do that. So when you ask what kind of products, nothing, nothing, because it, just look at the ingredients and what you'll see is water, wa- or maybe propylene glycol, maybe yeah. glycerin, glycerin, then some kind of wax and some kind of vegetable oil, then the latest Herby Derby thing or the latest vitamin or the latest this and that and a preservative and a fragrance. They're all that way. You know, we say, can I curse here? Yeah. Same shit, different day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that's basically what it is. Same shit, different day. So what I do and what truth is, is I changed the whole thing. I made my products 100% active and functional. I took all that stuff out. But what that does is it creates a product. First of all, it creates a product that's really effective. Remember, the dose makes the medicine, right? This is pharmacy. This is like medicine. I'm thinking like medicine. But it creates a kind of paradigm shift for how you use a product. With my products, you pay attention. Like with drugs. When you take medicine, I don't know if you take medicine, but if you've seen your parents take medicine, your grandparents take medicine, you're paying attention. You want to make sure that's the right medicine. And you're not like, oh, I'm really sick. I'm going to take all 30 of these pills right now. <laughs> you know, you don't have, would never say that, right? Because every little pill is medicine and it's mm. powerful. And that's how my truth treatments are. And so that means you use two drops of transdermal C serum. You're like, what? Two drops? And the I can't even tell you how many times, like every day almost, at least multiple times a week, people are like, I put it on. It feels too heavy. You use too much yeah. if it feels too heavy. Yeah. So you use less. Oh, I can't get it to spread. It will spread. Mix you mix it with a little moisture mist. This is medicine. And not only that, but when you apply a skincare product, you don't want to be talking to people. You don't want to be eating breakfast. You don't want to be watching TV. You want to be paying attention. Mm-hmm. You want to be paying attention to what you're doing to your skin, what you're doing with the product. And this is a new way of taking care of the skin. To me, truth represents a paradigm shift, a complete paradigm shift in how skincare is done. But that's not an easy sell. You know? Yeah. That's a tough sell. That right? is. But you know what? Smart people get it. And I make products for smart people. And smart people now have to- So you're basically stupid if you don't buy it. Essentially, well, <laughs> you're a dumbass. I critical. Oh, okay, if you want to be stupid, don't get the well, vitamin C. I mean, so that's you know my new selling point. I know how all the sausage is made, ben. okay? I know how they're making it. <laughs> what is that it. supposed to mean? I know how what? people are making their products. I know she how knows, everybody makes their products. Well, <laughs> I, but, here's the thing. 
When but, people have chronic conditions that they're seeing on their skin, that's when they wake up. And it takes them getting to that point sure. of what the fuck do I do now, do yeah. now to yeah. realize it. That's but right. people are realizing and it. And even, even, even if it's healthy, but they just notice, oh, my God, I got this hyperpigmentation. Oh, my God, where did the skin tag come from? Oh, my God, I never saw that wrinkle before. You know, it's not even that they're sick. It's that they're maybe that they're just starting to notice things. Yeah. You know, our most, per- most important client is a 40 to 50-year-old woman who's just starting to notice things and is determined not to go <laughs> – <laughs> and determined not to go, uh, uh, not to go meekly into that good night or however the saying goes, you know, yeah, like that, right? Cougarville, and, right? And I wanted to make products. <laughs> I wanted to make products for smart people. And right now, everybody has to go to buy the same product that everybody has to buy. Yeah, yeah. So I knew that I was in for it would be a tough, <laughs> a tough sell. But I couldn't live with myself. But like you said, it's it. about the health of the skin, and that was so important to us. At Angel Aesthetics, like the health of your skin. You want to be healthy and you want your skin to look healthy because when it looks healthy, it looks dewy and nice and glowy. And that's why you're so successful. You're not just treating the skin topically. You're no. treating the skin from a health perspective and people look at their skin and they say, damn, I look good. Yeah. And then they come back and that's exactly how you want to do it. And that's what I talked about with these students in these schools yesterday is that once you start to leverage these opportunities that we're not leveraging, you're a hero. Mm-hmm. You become a hero. And we in the business know this, and probably people listening to this know this, but most people don't really think skin is that important, you know? Mm-hmm. It's important. Yeah. It's really important. Or they used to think it was just for women. And now no, I think more than as, ever, we've absolutely. had more men clients absolutely. more than ever because they're like, wait, this is not a girly thing. No. Like I yeah, legit want to take care no. of my face yes, too yes. and my body and at, my skin. At, from a health perspective. Why should the skin be the only organ in the body that we don't care about its health? We take care of our heart. We take care of, we know we should. If we don't, we are internal bodies. Why don't we think of t- treating our skin that way too from a health perspective? Mm-hmm. Why, why is it that we settle for just rubbing some stuff on and not even knowing what the heck's in it, which blows me away, I have to say, how we can possibly rub stuff on our face and on our skin and not know what's in it. I'm telling you, there are things that I would have to work with when I worked for Blistex that I would wear gloves and a mask, and those are in your products. Yeah, those I've, are, I've seen a video on right? that. Right? So I, and I, was, I wouldn't breathe them. I wouldn't touch them. And but we're are, putting them on Exactly. Our, yep. Exactly. Exactly. I can't. So, so you know, I, I, didn't, I wanted to create a product. <laughs> I wanted to formulate, and the way I do formulate, I don't use any of those things. I don't use anything that I want to put on myself. Okay, there you have it. Part one of our interview with Ben. And we'll actually be back for a part two in a few weeks where he's answering some rapid fire questions about all things skincare, of course, getting a little more depth with ingredients and a lot of topics that you guys have been asking to learn more about in regards to picking products. So make sure to follow Ben on Instagram for a daily dose of knowledge. His handle is at truth.treatments and shop his website. All of that will be linked in the show notes. But thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next Wednesday. Pretty, pretty, pretty.